Welcome to the Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church podcast, your place for positive, uplifting messages of hope. To learn more about the church, feel free to drop by fredericksdachurch.org. This is the first in the three-part series, To Share or Not to Share, with Robert Quintana. It's difficult to see things through God's eyes, but when we do, we begin to see the potential in others. This series will help you find ways you can reach out and empowers you to find your ministry. I'd like for you guys to turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 1. Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 1. I'm reading from the New King James Version today. Luke chapter 10, verse 1. Luke chapter 10, verse 1 says this. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also... And sent them two by two before his face into every city and place where he himself was about to go. So I want you to picture this. Jesus takes the twelve. He takes 70 other apostles, disciples. And he says, I want you to go into these cities. Into these cities that I am about to go. And I want you to prepare them for my coming. If we were to apply this text to us here today, we can do so very easily. You see, because as a church, even as part of our name, Seventh-day Adventist, we believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for our sins. We believe that Jesus has left us an amazing example, that he's given us his word. But we as Adventists also believe that Jesus is coming back soon. Do we not? We believe that he is coming back with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God. The dead will rise first, that he will descend onto this earth. We believe, right, that Jesus Christ is coming back. He's promised us that he will. And as Seventh-day Adventists, we hold that truth to be true, that Jesus Christ will be returning to this earth very soon. And if we wanted to apply this verse to us today, we can simply say we are the 70. We are the ones that have been sent out before Christ to prepare the earth, to prepare this community, to prepare Frederick for the soon return of Jesus. If we wanted to apply this text, very simple. Jesus has sent us before him to prepare this community, to prepare this earth for his soon return. Now I want you to read with me verse two. Then he said to them, the harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Therefore pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. All right, today we're going to focus on the first part of that verse. That the harvest is truly what? Great. That the harvest is truly great. I want to focus on that part of this text because oftentimes we don't think of the harvest as being truly great. Right? We think of it as going, oh man, I don't know. People don't want to hear about Jesus. People don't want to hear about the church. People don't want to hear about what he has to offer. 
People are doing their own things. They're running after their own. And and sometimes it's easy for us to just sit back and say, you know what? People don't want to know about Christ. People don't want to know about his love and and about, you know, the plan of salvation that he's laid out for us. So I'm not even going to bother. But the truth is that if you begin to see the world and if you begin to see people through God's eyes, you will realize that the harvest is indeed truly great. Because when you begin to see people, when you begin to see those around you through the eyes of God, you begin to see the need that they truly have of a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so you begin to realize, oh my, Jesus was right. The harvest is truly great. And, and I will share with you from personal experiences that when I have broken through the boundaries, when I have broken through my own fears, when I have chosen to step out in faith and say, okay, I'm not going to worry about what people say or what people think. When I choose to break through and step out in faith, it is amazing the things that I experience. It is amazing the people that I end up reaching just yesterday, I was talking to a fella and he said to me, he said, what do you do for a living? And I had that, that moment where I thought, should I tell him I'm a pastor? I said, ah, I'm stepping down in faith. Who cares? I am a pastor. You're a pastor? Really? That's unbelievable. I would have never thought you were a pastor. That, I was wearing a cap and I was wearing, you know, my Gore-Tex jacket. You don't look like a pastor. Really, what do I look like? You look like a nurse or something. I was like, all right. Well, whatever. But he goes over to his buddy, his co-worker, and he says, you're never going to believe what this guy does for a living. Guess, guess. I want you to guess. What do you think he does for a living? And he's like, "Um, uh, I don't know. And uh, he said, I thought he was a nurse. He's like, well, yeah, I can kind of see that. I'm like a nurse. Where where did that come from? And I said to him, well, in a way, I kind of am a nurse. I'm a nurse of the soul. And so the other guy kind of started chuckling because he knew that I was a pastor already. And so I said to him, I said, I'm a pastor. A pastor? No way. Get out. No, no, really. So I pull out my wallet. I take out a business card and I give it to him. And he says, senior pastor, Frederick. Seventh-day Adventist church? I'm a Seventh-day Adventist, he says to me. I said, really? That's great. And he says, yeah, I was baptized back in 19, I think he said 98. Then he paused. He says, I haven't been in church for a while. I said, that's all right. He says, I've been thinking I need to get back into church. And the other guy's listening to all of this. I've been thinking like I need to get back into church. I said, all right. I said, well, let me tell you something. I looked at him straight in the eye and I said, just think of me as a reminder that God has sent you to, that he has sent me today as a reminder that you're right. (laughs) That you need to get back into church. And he said, you know, I do. I'm telling you. When you step out there in faith, when you break through the boundaries, when you break through the barriers, 
when you say, you know what, I am going to share my faith with those around me, you will realize that indeed the harvest is truly great. Today I want to share with you how we can go about sharing our faith with the community. I want to share with you a method that I have stumbled upon that has really revolutionized my way of thinking, my way of going about reaching out to people, reaching out to friends, reaching out to neighbors, reaching out to the community. And I'd like for you to pay close attention to what I am about to read to you. Because what I am about to read to you, we will actually be spending more time with. In fact, you're going to be hearing this more and more and more. You're going to be hearing it intertwined through our messages here. You're going to hear it at board meetings. You're going to hear it at at church and business sessions. You're going to see it perhaps printed. All right, so we're going to spend some time with this. But the reason why I want to share this with you now is because I believe that this is where God is calling us as a church And it is simply looking at the method by which Jesus ministered to the people that were around him in his time. And I'd like to read to you real quickly from Ministry of Healing, page 143. This is what it says. Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. All right. Let me read that again. Christ method alone, okay, will give so-so results. Is that what I said? No. Well, maybe some of you weren't paying attention the first time, so you don't know if... All right, let me read it again. Christ method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. Do we want to experience true success in reaching this community? Let me ask that question again. (laughs) Do we want to experience true success in reaching people? All right, that was a little better. I think you still can do a little better than that, but I'll go with it. I would hope that it is our desire as a church to have true success in reaching the people. In other words, in taking what Christ has done in our lives, which we've talked about from here before, right? We've talked about how Christ and what he has done for us, how he has broken the chains of addictions, how he has seen you through a difficult marriage, how how he has taken you perhaps from a difficult marriage and, and is building you back up. We have talked about how Christ has moved in your life. We have talked about how he has changed your life. And so what we want to do is we want to be able to take what Christ has done in our lives and take that into the community and say, this is what Jesus Christ is all about. And here we read that Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. And what Ellen White does here is phenomenal. Because what she does is she puts in order for us the method or the steps that Christ took when he was trying to share the wonderful good news of the kingdom of heaven. And this is what I would like to share with you now. 
I'm going to read it through, and then we're going to come back and take it step by step. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He showed his sympathy for them, ministered to their needs, and won their confidence. Then he bade them, follow me. All right? So Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. Number one, the Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to the book of Luke. Luke chapter 7, verse 34. Just flip back a few pages with me. Luke chapter 7, verse 34. It says this, the son of man has come eating and drinking. And you say, look, a glutton and a wine bibber, a friend of tax collectors and sinners. When you read through the gospel story and when you read the example that Jesus leaves us behind and when you acknowledge the reputation that Jesus had, you think to yourself, my Jesus was constantly mingling with people. He was constantly mingling with prostitutes and tax collectors and sinners. So much so that his reputation was, look at that Jesus, a friend of sinners. Christ's method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. I will tell you that unfortunately, all too often in our churches, we get this better than thou mentality. We get this separatist mentality that says, if you want to know about Christ, you need to come to us. But that is not the example that we are given from Christ. What we see Christ doing is going to where the people are. What we see Christ doing is going and hanging out and mingling with these sinners, with these tax collectors, with these prostitutes, with these drunks. And so he says to Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus, come down from that tree because today I am going to mingle with you in your house. Matthew, I am going to mingle with you in your house We're going to spend time together. We're going to get to know each other. Now, the call for us is yes, definitely to go out, to build these relationships with our friends, our families, with our neighbors, with our communities. Yes, it is important for us to go out. But another aspect that I don't want you to miss is that we here as a church have a responsibility to create environments by which people can come to mingle, where they can come and spend time together. Just this last Thursday night, we had a wonderful example of that. We invited a a renowned pianist from Russia to come. And and I met individuals, I met neighbors, I met friends. As As I met them, I said, yeah, I was invited by my neighbor And that's all we did. We came and we gathered and we mingled together. We got to know one another. We made a connection. 
And so this is twofold. Not only do we go out to mingle, but as a church, we create environments by which we can invite people to come to our church for the sole purpose of just mingling with them. Not just mingling with them, but mingling with them, desiring what? They're good, as Jesus did. Desiring they're good. You know, a perfect example of that. Today, right here, children's story. Frank, do you mind standing up for one second? Poor Frank, huh? Putting him on the spot. What is it that you do? You mingle with them. Let me see what your jacket says. Prayer warrior. Jesus, number one. Holy Bible. Lord, loud pipes may save lives, but Jesus Christ saves souls. Send Jesus an email. (laughs) That's what Frank does. He goes and he puts himself in an environment that, yeah, most of us would probably be, feel uncomfortable with. But he puts himself in an environment and he says, I am going to go mingle with these men who don't know Christ because I care for them. I'm mingling with them for their good. And if the opportunity ever arises for me to share, I won't be bashful. I will share with them what Christ has done for me. Now, I can see it now. I can see every husband going back home and saying, Honey, I need to buy a Harley. Because I need to mingle. I need to go out there and mingle. (laughs) Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. Number two. It says that he sympathized with them. And this, my friends, is a natural response. It'll be a natural result of mingling with people. If you're mingling with them for the right reasons, if you're not there because of selfish reasons, but you're, you're mingling with them because you desire their good, you desire that they experience Christ as you have, you're mingling with them, a natural response is that you will eventually begin to sympathize with them because as you build a relationship with them, they will begin to share with you the needs in their lives. They will begin to say to you, you know, I'm going through, I'm having a tough week, man. I I, I can't believe that this is going on. I just lost my job. And as you're mingling with them, these things are going to start coming up and you're going to sympathize with them. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to Luke 19, 41. Just flip over a couple pages. Luke 19, verse 41. 19 verse 41, it says, now as he, Jesus, drew near, he saw the city. And the Bible says here that he wept over it. He sympathized. He saw the needs clearly. He saw the wants. He saw the desires. As he mingled with the people, his heart went out to them. It's a natural response of building relationships with people. It'll be a natural response, spending time with your neighbors, 
that as you spend time with them and as they share with you the struggles in their lives, the addictions in their lives, the problems that they're dealing with, your heart will melt for them. You will sympathize. And in sometimes, in some occasions, you will empathize with them because you have been through down that same road. And you will say, you know, I lost my father too. And you can empathize with them. Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them. And now, number three, which is one that we oftentimes skip. The third one here is that he met their needs. Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them. And then he met their needs. What can I do to help? What can I do to make things better in your life? Do you need me to pray for you? Seriously, what can I do to to help you? What can I do to to, to make this situation? Do you need me to take care of the kids? Do you need me to take the kids to the park? Do do I need to get a, a group of guys together to help you move? What can I do to help you in this scenario, in this situation? And in and the, and the Gospels, the New Testament is just full of instances where Christ met the needs of the people. Whether it was hunger by feeding the 5,000, whether it was the ministry of healing, healing them of their physical ailments. You see Christ constantly, step by step, meeting the needs or ministering to the needs of the people that were around him. And I know that we sometimes go, man, I don't know that I'm able. I don't know that I'm capable. I mean, Jesus took it to a whole other level, right? Jesus took it to a whole other level when he was healing the people. I can't heal, right? Let me remind you of that text in scripture that says the works that Christ did we will be able to do as well. And not only those work, but much greater works than those. Is it possible? Let me just throw this out there to you. Is it possible that if we're mingling with people desiring their good, and if we are genuinely sympathizing and empathizing for them, and then we call upon God to meet their needs, is it possible that maybe God will use us to do miraculous things, to meet those needs, all so that we can uplift Christ in their lives. We need to meet the needs of those that we come into contact with. Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them. He met their needs, and number four, he won their confidence. He won over their confidence. Now, let me just play out a little scenario for you. Let me just say that you're struggling. You're having a hard time paying rent. You can't make the mortgage or the electric bill. You've been sharing this with your neighbor, and out of the blue, your neighbor 
knocks at the door and he gives you an unmarked envelope and he says, I've contacted a few friends and I know that you've been struggling to make ends meet, but I've contacted a few friends and we've decided that we want to meet that need. And so here you go. Here's the money for the electric bill. Here's the money so that you can buy some foods. I want you now to think, how will you feel if your neighbor did that to you? I want you to think, put yourself in that moment and ask yourself, how will I feel? What will be my emotions that my neighbor, my friend who we've been spending time with, who I've shared with him, I've been vulnerable with him, my situation. And now he's taking the initiative to help me and to meet those real needs that I'm dealing with. How would you feel? You would feel ecstatic. There might be a little humbling. You might feel humbled. You might go, no, no, I I can't receive this. And he says, no, I want you to take it. I want you to have it. Why? Because this is what Christ would do. Because Christ would meet your need. And I want to meet your need too. How would you feel? You would be, be thrilled, overjoyed that someone would take interest in you as Christ would have taken interest in you. And so we need to be, as a church, we need to be about meeting the needs of the people that we come into contact with. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles to 1 John. 1 John 3, 1 John 3, verse 18. 1 John chapter 3, verse 18. Here, John is talking about love and he's talking about how we need to love one another. And in verse 18 of chapter 3, 1 John, he says, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, he says, but in deed and in truth. In other words, let us not just love by our words. Let us not just say, oh man, that's a tough situation. You know, Jesus loves you. I'll be praying for you. I'll check back with you next week. (laughs) John tells us here, don't just love in word. Love with action. Meet those needs. There's a need before you. Make some phone calls, contact the church, call the deacon, say all hands on deck. There's a situation where where we need to surround this fella. We need to surround this family. There are some pressing needs and we need to help meet those needs. Because I tell you, no one is going to accept the gospel message if they're hungry. No one is going to accept the gospel message if all they're worrying about is losing their home. No one is going to accept the wonderful, amazing love of Christ if they're so worried about the needs in their life that they can't even comprehend. And so meet their needs. Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them He met their needs. And then it says that because of that, because of all of that, he won their confidence. He won their confidence. After having won their confidence, she says, then, 
In other words, then. In other words, after all of these things that Jesus did, after mingling with them, desiring their good, after sympathizing with them, after meeting their needs, after winning their confidence, then he bade them, follow me. Too often as a church, as Christians, we get it all twisted. We get it all turned around. We say, follow us. This is what we have to offer. And if you accept us, then we'll meet your need. If you join our church, then we'll hang out with you. Then we'll mingle with you. But Jesus blows that completely out of the water. And, and Mrs. White reminds us that only his method, his method alone will give true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with them, desiring their good. He sympathized with them. He met their needs. He won over their confidence. Then he bade them follow me. And you know what? I suspect that if you were to take these steps in reaching out to people, you won't even have to get to this last step where you have to bade them follow me. Because before you get there, they're going to be asking you questions. They're going to be saying, hey, what's this church you belong to? What's this Jesus you're always talking? I want to know more. Tell me more. But Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them. He ministered to their needs. He won their confidence. Then he bade them, follow me. I want to share with you a personal story. It happened to me many years ago when I was ministering out in the state of Washington I had been taken out there for an evangelistic meetings, a series of meetings, and I had gone out there three months prior to prepare for the evangelistic series. And me and two friends of mine were um, following up on close to 90 leads in the community, people who had requested Bible studies. And so we would go from house to house and we would ask them, did you finish last week's Bible study? Oh, yeah, it was great. Can I have the next one? Oh, yeah, sure. Here it is. And don't forget that in three months, we're going to have these, these series and we want you to come out to them. I remember this one lady, particularly. We would visit with her and, and every time we visited with her, it was the same story. I'm about to get evicted. Social services will be here in just a matter of weeks. And I need to make sure that the fence is painted, the grass is mowed, that the, the outside of the house is, is, is looking good. There's a few walls inside the house that need repair. And if I don't get this done, they're going to take my children. They're going to take my home. And that was her story every week. But every week we would show up with a new Bible study. And we would say to them, here you go. We'll be praying for you. And we hope to see you at the meetings. We'd come back the next week. How are things going? The fence still needs painting and I don't have anyone to paint it. The house still needs fixing, but I haven't had time. I've been working two jobs to try and make ends meet. Well, we'll be praying for you. We hope everything works out. Here's the next Bible study. Remember that the series, the, the meetings are in three weeks. We want to make sure that you're there. 
Meetings came and went. She never showed up. Never heard from her again. But it wasn't until years later that I came upon this passage. That Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. He sympathized with them. He ministered to their needs. He won their confidence. And then he said, follow me. I don't know what would have happened. I I really don't. But just, just play this scenario out with me. What if we had sensed the need and we had gone back to the church and we had said, all hands on deck. We need every deacon and every elder. We need everybody to show up at this woman's house on this particular Sunday. And we need to show up with paint and we need to show up with wood. We need to paint this fence. We need to fix these walls. We need to meet her needs. I just wonder what would have happened if we had done that for her. (laughs) And then said to her, will you come to our church? Guys, I'm telling you, I don't even think we would have had to ask. She would have been like, I want to know more about this church. I want to know more about this community of faith that takes such interest in people that, that look at you. You came out here. I don't deserve this, but you came out here and you met the needs that I had. You met me where I was. I want to know more. Christ's method alone will bring true success in reaching the people. The Savior mingled with men as one who desired their good. Because of that, He was made aware of their needs and his heart melted and went out to them and he sympathized with them. But he didn't just stop there. He didn't just love in word, he loved in action. And so he met their needs. And after doing that, he won over their confidence and because of that, he was able to say, follow me, follow me. Do you know why I share with you this method? This, this, this method? Do you know why I share with you this step-by-step method of reaching people? Because the Bible says that the harvest truly is great. No matter where you are in your spiritual journey, Frederick Seventh-day Adventist Church would love to help you along the way. We are a family-oriented, grace-filled church serving the Frederick, Maryland area. You can feel free to learn more about us at fredericksdachurch.org. For more podcasts, click on Sermon Audio.